Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's bigger now than it's ever been. Right. There's more slaves today, specifically six slaves. But it just tells the story of, of him on his phone with his wife. And, like, you know what she told him is, like, if you can save those kids, don't come home. So, like, what years did this take place? Uh, man, maybe, like... 10, 15 years ago, maybe. It's a fairly recent story, really. He's been on a, he's been on a podcast rampage. A lot of people have interviewed him, you know, to talk about. Oh, he's the been on the circuit. He's yeah, he's he's running the which you know, Rolling Stone, Washington Post, and most of the media smeared it as a QAnon uh, religious film. It, it the only religious and it's very vague throughout the entire movie. There's a song in Spanish being sang, God's children are not for sale. So, why would they? Why would the media even have a political bone to pick with that movie? Well, if, I mean, you if, save if, kids from... If, if the movie is about sex trafficking and pedophiles, <clears throat> if you critique that movie, don't it seem like you're telling on yourself? Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's... I mean, I think about the Epstein list, right? Like, why don't we got some names? Uh, Jelaine Maxwell? Yeah. First person to be ever uh, arrested for sex trafficking, but uh, we don't even know who she sold them to. And that's funny to me, and, like, you think about right now with, like, man, I love politics. Uh, Hunter Biden is being in court. And his plea deal got denied, so he's you know they're going to be back and forth in the in the system. And to keep from reporting on that, what do we get? Stories about UFOs. Man, I don't give a fuck about aliens. Yeah, that, I, I'd, I'd like to believe it was real. Like if the government came out and told me that Bigfoot was real, I was like, well, now I know it ain't, because y'all all y'all do is lie. <laughs> trying to find out. I'm trying to figure out how to. Oh, there it is. Alright, I'm about to cut this bitch on. Alright. Then I'm gonna cut them cameras on and we can rock and roll. Go ahead and get me a spare. Get you an old spare, boy. What up with you, Big Ben Hardy? It's a party. Oh man, Ben Hardy's in the in the shack. Oh, dude, shades on. I like it. Yes, sir. Always. Not always, but certain circumstances. On you. We rolling? We rolling. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And uh, it's going to be a fun episode. We are in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And I have the host of the County Line Podcast, Lee Carl Smith. Man, what's going on? Man, glad to uh, finally make it on the Porch Talk. You've been on Porch Talk. Have I? Your episode. Mm-hmm. The one that you and I and Daniel did here? And the one and only uh, sometimes co-host on this show. 
<laughs> love Michael Carter. I love Michael Carter. He's been in the fairgrounds for an entire week. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I went for the first weekend and partied my ass off for two straight days with five hours of sleep. And that Sunday mm. afternoon when I woke up about 3 p.m., I hightailed it back to town, and I ain't been back since. Yeah, this is the last. It's over with. It's over with. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if this was, because I know it runs on, but the the weekend you're talking about, that weekend, that's. Uh, the first weekend? Yeah, that's the one. And I didn't envy people that were out there all week, because it was hot as fuck. It's still hot as fuck. It's going to be worse this week, they say. Yeah, I saw that. It's supposed to be the hottest week of the year. And today was the highest the, today was the highest rain chance day for like ten days. Yeah, it's gonna get uh it's gonna get dry, dry, dry. Woo. Dude, the only the the worst thing about it is <clears throat> is that when I go outside, if I spend more than five minutes, I don't give I I don't care what I'm doing. I will begin to sweat profusely. I don't mind sweating, but I only wanna sweat when I intend on sweating uh-huh. because it ruins my entire day. I have to take like two extra pair of clothes to work, not because I'm going to be out there, you know, slave driving all day, every day. But if I just spend more than 10 minutes out there, I'm drenched. I'm the same way, dude. Like this time of year, like I don't understand. I, I just, I like winter. I like it cold or I like it cool. I like every season, but summer. And especially here in the South, it's man i like you said i keep a duffel bag in my truck because i know i'm gonna change clothes the minute i'm off the clock duffel bag boy duffel bag boy ain't no <laughs> doubt about it so it pisses me off dude like because head to, i'm because i'm a sweater dude like ain't nothing dry on me i gotta get out of the pants i gotta get everything's gotta go mm-hmm. fresh start uh once the draws me crazy. once the draws get wet it's a wrap that's that's a bad time i tell you the word one of the more unfortunate parts about my uh sweating profusely is that if it's like more than 30 or 45 minutes that like if i if i'm exercising for example or if i'm doing some work outside whatever socks and shoes i have on are ruined yeah because my all that sweat that runs down my body obviously goes to my feet and my feet sweat every single part of my body sweats and so it's just like i've had to wash my shoes three times this summer yeah i'm at the point to where i just gave up on them i'm just going to get me a new pair when september rolls in (laughs) i I tell that i tell people this all the time i have to do a better job of preserving (laughs) the life of my tennis shoes but the problem is so many so many of my friends are sneakerheads you know they own just so many shoes and it's it's crazy like a pair of shoes will last them years like 10 12 years I'm god like, oh and i'm they're doing the maintenance on it though and they're peculiar man they'll be like looking at the weather not to see if it's hot they're they're trying to see like if it's gonna rain or uh they looking at mm, i ain't gonna wear them out it's a little dusty you know what i mean yeah it's, like they keep up with it that way if it was up to me i would not wear any clothes ever <laughs> he just freeballed it. Yeah, but obviously that's unacceptable in today's society. Yeah. He keep on the trek we're on, maybe not. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Wild times, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I'd say you, uh, like a summer around the equator, especially like Guatemala, I've been there five times, so I can attest to this. You sweat there, but you're, I don't know if it's because you're on the equator or the fact that there's no humidity and it's like just straight, straight heat. You don't really sweat. Really? But you have to pay attention because you'll dehydrate quick because, like, that's a telltale sign down here, right? If you get to sweating bad, you know you need to put some water in you. Yes, sir, you do. In a, in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. You need to do it and do it fast. But there, like, you ain't sweating, so you ain't thinking about it. You're hot, but it's not it's not unbearable like this humidity here is here. I, that's what it is. It's that thickness of it. Sits so what it. component do we have that contributes to our severe humidity that they don't? The climate. I know, but what part? Of, like, is it the Gulf of Mexico? I would say so. Yeah, well, that's why we have all these badass hurricanes. Also, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how far north have you been in the states? Boston, Massachusetts. What time of year did you go? May. How was it? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now I bet the the winters are brutal. I bet. I I, I have no idea, but I think about like. The windy city, Chicago, like even the way it's depicted in film, right? Like a like a Chicago is a hard winter. Yeah. So. Uh, what lake are they on? Uh, is that Michigan? Maybe. Don't get me lying. I don't know where none of them so bitches are. <laughs> Erie? Maybe it's like Erie. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing about it. I could I could pinpoint <laughs> fifty states. I I might get mixed up on them square ones, like yeah. Colorado and uh-huh. all that. But uh, yeah, I know where Illinois is. But dude, don't. And that's that's kind of a shame. I know about it, Lake Okeechobee. All right, so but uh, if I had to place the Great Lakes, mm, couldn't do it. <laughs> how many of them are there? Five, right? Erie, Huron, Ontario. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Michigan. One more. Yeah, I'd Google Google search it, but Verizon got me down in the hole right now. Yeah, you ain't got no service down in the hole. <laughs> Uh, but uh, ceasefire. Maybe maybe someone on the live will chime in with the answer. There's <laughs> anybody. Hey, that. Big Ben Hardy. What uh, <laughs> what state borders Illinois to the west? Yeah, we'll wait on Ben Hardy's response in, in a little bit. Maybe he can give oh, us some so insight. Wisconsin. Hmm. Think it might be. Is there a late Wisconsin? Is that it? Maybe. Yeah, it is Wisconsin. Wisconsin is like northwest across whatever lake it is from Illinois. Man, it's crazy. You got some friends from Michigan that live around those Great Lakes. You know, how, man, they'd be partying on the things like we party on the river, dude. Think about what their summers feel like. It's got to be immaculate. You would think so. I bet it's like a California kind of thing, maybe, to wear. If you wanted to wear a long sleeve and pants, you could. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted to wear a short, you're just comfortable, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. That's kid rock country up there. <laughs> oh, I want to be a cowboy, baby. Um all summer long you know they jam that on those lakes up there have to we do it on the river mm-hmm. i can't tell you that the, the summer that song came out shout out to kid rock dude they, whatever what was that uh what was the background track that he was sampling it is werewolves of london that's and then some people's like sweet home alabama because it was kind of had like that there was a little bit of that in there but yes it was that werewolves in london and i think that's what sent it dude ain't that ain't that what it is about rap Yes. Like, think about uh, how much of, like, the 60s jazz and even funk is, soul. Being, soul is being sampled behind those hip-hop tracks. That's dude. why I love hip-hop. Ain't that, 
and the older I get, the more I'm coming to appreciate it. You know what I've been blasting past two, three weeks? What's that? Atlanta, baby. Outcast? UGK, Outcast, and then with some of those newer cats. Atlanta's always done a f- great job when it comes to the rap. Young game. Thug. Young Thug. Thugger. See? You know, there's a big uh, stink between those two right now. Is that real? Yeah. What are they on about? Well, they both went to jail in a RICO case, and apparently Gunna snitched on Young Thug. That'll do it. And got free. And now Gunna is out, and Young Thug is still locked up. Oh, that's not going to be good. I can understand that beef. I've been banging Young Thug here lately. I've uh, ATL. I have enjoyed uh, your segments that you've been doing on Boosie. Really uh, changed my mind. You know, that was my brother's, probably his favorite rapper. So he's older than I am. But my brother was the type of music listener to where if he found that one song that he really dug, repeat the whole drive and drive back. And so my gonna ex- wear that bitch out. my exposure to Boosie was like, like I bet I know him word for word. I can't think of the name of those songs, but like this is 2004, 2005, 2006 maybe. What were some of those hits? Oh man, from so that would have been like <clears throat> his right before his like official debut release, signed by a label. Which was badass, the yellow album. Yep, that's the one. Okay, so you've got my struggle, you've got set it off, you've got Set It Off. Set that, it off set up it in off. this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That was We're it. We're gonna act a dog up in this motherfucker. Trey would my brother Trey, shout out, buddy. It's his birthday too, so happy birthday. But um Set it off, Trey. Gonna go <laughs> <laughs> I go go visit with him afterwards and we we gonna set it off. Yeah, that's uh, good. But on the way to school listen to that set it off and just get wound up 98 i grabbed my plate up off the lunch table i told my mama moving outside we don't need cable (laughs) on the way to school y'all would bang set it off yeah and then pull up in the parking lot crank that thing up man it was wild i don't know why we were always late so there wasn't nobody in the parking lot well, that's why y'all did it. That's why y'all showed up late so y'all could bang it all the way till you got out. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Shout out to him, man. He had it figured out. <laughs> He's a genius marketer. He really is. I watched... It's so funny you bring this up. Bring Boosie up. I watched Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. And it's Boosie and Mike Tyson smoking weed and having a conversation with microphones in the room. And they, it is in its in and of itself. It's like a forty three minute conversation. It's great. It's hilarious. It's just Mike Tyson basically um, talking and rambling the entire time about the world. Mm-hmm. And Boosie will chime in every now and then, like you right, Mike. You show right. And he just let Mike keep on talking. But then people started mashing it up because Boosie made some really funny faces in reaction to some of the things that Mike Tyson was saying and at a couple of points he also he asked Boosie about so are you familiar with Boosie's uh, comments about Dwayne Wade's apparently transgender child oh I am familiar with that okay so Mike Tyson 
asked Boosie if he was gay. If, <laughs> if Boosie was gay, and Boosie was like, "No, nah, Mike, I'm straight as an arrow," and uh, he's like, "You know, I, I stand on what I said about." Uh, transgender kids, but he said he shouldn't have said that about Dwayne Wade's kids specifically. Yeah, caught him out. He, yeah, he said he meant what he said, but um, apologized essentially for saying it about Dwayne Wade's child. Put him on blast. Put him on blast. That's one thing about Boosie I love, man. It's it's raw, and it's really what's on his mind, and he gonna stand on that. Dang. That's uh. Such a hot topic. I believe, like, some of those discussions, like, even the Jason Aldean song. Mm-hmm. You ever get to notice, like, when policy isn't working, that something cultural happens to give the culture something to fight about, something that has no business being political at all, and we get to yapping about it? Dude, past two weeks social media Jason Aldean Jason Aldean Jason in support are angry and granted I listen to the song I have no opinion whatsoever dude it's not a it's not like it's a banger of a song like as far as like the writing of it or even the music it's kind of generic which is like why I, you know I like that hat pop countries for posers you know it's it just don't have it don't really have any kind of value to it and some for some people it it really became an anthem of uh, very weird what very came weird. what came first the criticism from the left of that song or the popularity of the song the criticism so the criticism made that song popular, popular. Mm-hmm. Like do they not understand how that shit works the the media <sighs> apparently not of uh, and dude it, it happens time and time again <laughs> Like, think about WAP, Cardi B's WAP. Do you think that would have been as talked about if Ben Shapiro didn't sing it? And wasn't that hilarious? <laughs> yes. Like, he's like, the, he's like I, the thing about him, he made that He's situ- so dry. Yeah, he is dry. But And him singing about something wet, like, the irony of it was what got me. <laughs> Do you recall his opinion on that song? Uh-uh. So essentially, what I remember him saying when that song first came out was that WAP was indicative of like the ending of our society because for all of these bad reasons and shit. Mm. Like it was the end of the world that Cardi B made a song about somebody's wet ass pussy mm-hmm. or her wet ass pussy. Yeah, I mean, she had a friend singing. Whatever was it, Megan Thee Stallion? I mean, they could have been talking about. I each- think it was Megan Thee Stallion. Whatever. I mean, it could be whatever. They could be agreeing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think people should just be able to say whatever they want to say, and I ain't it gonna be funny like when Kids Bop for <laughs> this spread of about seven years comes out, and it's gonna be wild ass songs like that. Now, I know it's not gonna, but like if it's Bop Jam or whatever that crap's called, where it's playing the hits of that year, what a wild year that would have been. I think one of the most unfortunate things about the internet is that it's going to make it increasingly difficult to prevent children from seeing things that they shouldn't at a young age. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder how much, I think overall, Internet's a net positive. It it really does give you a lot of power, especially when it comes to information. No doubt. Uh, And I remember, it's funny, like with calculators, when we were in high school, like 
I didn't know that I would be one of the last classes to not be just walking around with a calculator in my pocket all the time. Now it's just a norm. Mm-hmm. And it's even better now. It's so fast. And I remember math teachers being like, you ain't always going to have a calculator, so you need to be able to show your work. And it's just not true. Now, you know, does that make me dumber? Well, I mean, I think about it like changing a tire. Like, what if I was trying to take the lug nuts off with my hand when I know I have a proper tool for it? If that's not something that I have to store in my brain, I just look it up. Boom, it's over. So, like, I think it does a number to our storytelling, and I think that's what it is about music that I love and, like, whatever genre it is, just kind of tie it back into hip-hop, is when I look back on what I thought was a good bar or a good line in a song and a story being told, the storyteller is the most important person in culture. And that's how you really get a a view of what the culture cares about. But he's telling a good story. A lot of people, like songwriters or whatever form it comes in, podcasts, I think that's why people like podcasts. There's, there's a story. And um, it's just, it's real interesting to me, like when you really come across a singer-songwriter or a hip-hop artist, it is really, you can tell that they got their pulse on it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And the, and I think the point that you're making is <clears throat> we can talk about all these different political things and talk about who has what opinion. But at the end of the day, if we want true reflection of where we are as a people, just look at the art that's being made. Yeah. Just look at – and that's why freedom of expression and freedom of speech is so important because you always have a true – raw source to go back to to really get an inside look at what the people think and that's art and and music and painting and storytelling of whatever sort that's what i hate about architecture right now it's brutalism and that's just the art form of it like our buildings are just square they don't have any character and then if we were to be in europe man we would be blown away not just by the art but but the, the architecture of the buildings like even your buildings say a lot about you as a culture uh, I remember, like, the shell shock, not of just going to a different part of the world, but a, just a different part of the State of the Union, and just the way that they build houses, you know? Like, a Texas-style house, like, we do it over here. We might imitate it with, like, a, what do they call it, like, the farmhouse? Ranch-style? Ranch-style, yeah. The long one? Yeah. Long, uh, long narrow, single, uh-huh. single level? Yeah. And then, you know a lot of places you go and it's it's very common to just have a two-story not a good idea around here if you live in tornado alley i wouldn't think you know you want to be kind of on the ground but and that's why you build like that you think about like the architecture of it but then there's there's beauty when you go to a city if it's man these these buildings are built out of marble and look it actually took an architect and like someone an artist to like he put a gargoyle on the second story man when's the last time you seen one of those (laughs) yeah we don't have a ton of peculiar distinct architecture in our part of the world now we have older like antebellum homes but as far as like commercial buildings think about in our small towns i mean we have some cool buildings here and there but i uh for the most part, it's just boxes and rectangles lined up on, along the, the busiest drag in town. But in cities, 
they lack architecture in the suburbs because of capitalism and okay. the detail in the architecture lost its popularity because it became more expensive than just using something that's prefabricated or something that is cheaper basically would it be better if like capitalism was more aggressive in the form that if it was a actual free market to where people could flood the markets and drive the price down yeah i mean but as long as i think machinery took away oh absolutely the the need and the want for um very detailed craftsmanship and architecture sure you know because like if you look at i mean you can go to places like savannah georgia uh, the oldest the the longest settled places of the country have good architecture oh or interesting i mean you said earlier like boston yeah i bet that's a beautiful place you know yeah i was only there for about 12 hours but yeah it really was so we rode the train up there from falmouth no 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 somewhere in rhode island apparently rhode island and massachusetts are close together and i was staying in rhode island and talk about a state that shouldn't be a state (laughs) why are they i have no idea i mean what value did rhode island bring to uh be able to be a in the state it should just be like a city (laughs) yeah or a part of whatever state it border i guess massachusetts yeah i guess 50 was just a good round number (laughs) i don't know buzzards bay is the name of the place buzzards bay where uh where we were staying (laughs) that sounds epic it was but yeah uh, those antebellum homes you're talking about peculiar in the south yeah think about that house in forrest gump it's also the movie in the skeleton key i mean that that house is actually in like south carolina but when you think about the south a lot of people think about forrest gump like how many comedians from like the philly area will like make fun of the south by doing a forrest gump impression yeah you know and that's that's a go-to i mean it's a stereotype and a lot of us do sound that way mm-hmm. a lot of times i'll sound that way just <laughs> it just depends on like how many times how, how many beers i get at me that's know? right that's right <laughs> and i'll start to slow down and slur a little bit <laughs> and that that southern drawl come on oh it there. gets thick it gets thick uh that reminds me we were talking about aldine's song i actually did a uh, a, a little bit of talk on that this morning on the podcast I recorded solo. Okay. And one of the takeaways that I came came away with after listening to it and looking at a lot of the criticism was that the media just doesn't like Southern white males. Um, I mean, th- every every time they have an opportunity to drag them, drag them, they drag them. Well, you have some that are beloved. I mean, did you, have you paid any attention to Tyler Childers' new song in the video? And they're using that whether – I don't know if Tyler meant it that way or not. I but, haven't – I'm not familiar. But it's the inverse of the Aldine song, and it's being praised. So – and he's from Kentucky, Tyler Childers is. So – and very Southern man. Uh, Jason Isbell, um, there was an article written this morning – uh, he's on the other side of the Aldine spectrum, and that's an Alabama man. And Aldine's parents uh, live not far from my hometown, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, there's just no reason for them to be making the claims about that song 
that they're making just on a factual level. Like it just if if they legitimately think that song represents racism, um, violence, any of the the things that they've alleged that that song brings out and is about, then they're living in a totally different world. Now you know what's going to happen, or have a misunderstanding of the people who that song resonates with. Sure. Sure. And you know what's going to happen? TikTok and all these unknown musicians that are trying to make it, they're going to write a song to mimic that. Because now it looks like it's some kind of a formula to get some kind of viral recognition. And for a lot of people, it just takes that one hit. Mm-hmm. You blow up. Are you familiar with Eric Church's song, uh, Stick That in Your Country Song? No, I'm not. It has a lot of the similar language as the Aldine song. Similar sentiment. And, I mean, there would be, if if the media listened to that song, in my opinion, there would be just as much reason for them to ridicule that song as the Aldine song. Again, I don't believe there's any factual basis or legitimacy in their claims that that song is racist or promotes violence or what have you. Every of I've and I've I haven't made comments on it, but I've been reading the comments of people, you know, pro or against that song. And when they try to go out of their way to make the racist thing to make it racist, um, it looked like a lot of thought went into it, like a, some mental gymnastics. And then, like, if you want to talk about the small town aspect of it, like, a lot of people were upset about the imagery in the back. Um, I haven't watched the music video, so, like, I really, I don't have an opinion, really, because I haven't seen it. But The imagery in the back consists of a courthouse with a huge American flag hanging from it. Okay. Is, and it, is there so, some kind of historical reference to it? Well, they... they made sure they found some okay in 19 early 1900s the exact date escapes me but there was a hanging or a lynching of some sort oh, that yeah. courthouse was associated with a lynching that's uh, the word racism comes in too then yeah so so aldine their claim is he actually knew that that happened at that courthouse and that's why he selected that courthouse alan oh that's, and what happens like when he goes on a podcast or maybe gets invited on Fox News to kind of explain himself and that comes up, it's going to be soundbited and clipped. And then next thing you know, like people are going to be mincing his words. And it's like, dude, it would have been better if you just stayed quiet. In most cases, that's the best thing. If you don't go on the right platform. Now, you can go on some platforms where – you can, you can pretty much get your message out there. Like, if you go on Joe Rogan, they're going to have... It's long form. Yeah. It's not just five minutes of TV. Right. Where you got to be real concise. Yeah. I think that's a big shift, too, when it comes to mainstream media to over just two, like your Joe Rogans or even, man, like the your county line. Like, when I go through... I mean, just because I'm happy for you and excited for you. Like, I like going through and, like, reading the reviews that people write. And it's like... Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, it's talking about, like, he's talking about the issues and the culture that, in a way, that needed to be said. 
And I was like, I agree with that. Because some of the things that you talk about and some of the stories that you cover, especially on your solos, like, I, I was like, man, I, I like your perspective on it. You're fair. You do have a bias, mm-hmm. but you're fair. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I agree with that. I just wanted to segue a little bit to talk about you and the county line. Oh, the, man, yeah. And, and I, the congregation. I don't know if you want to, if there was any finishing thought on no, 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 I'm good. Uh, kind words, my friend. Oh, yeah, dude. And uh, everything you, you just displayed is is right back at you. Um, it takes other people, for me at least, to gain inspiration. And you're one of those people because you're in the, you know, you put yourself out there on a limb. You made yourself, you've made yourself vulnerable in uh, starting a podcast and doing other things in music. So, anybody that's in my immediate proximity and you know i can look to them to gain inspiration because i you know i know what you're going through or what uh midwife crisis podcast is going through and i don't mean that in in a in a complaining way it's just there aren't that many people doing it and so when you know somebody who is there's connection there yeah and um so i appreciate you bringing bringing me on the porch talk and let me come up there and try my my hand at uh, comedy. I'm, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I am too. I'm glad you I did. I am too. I gotta say, man, like the uh, and I was talking to some buddies after uh, after we had broke down the stage, and they all come to the same conclusion I did, which you told me you were gonna do it, so I understood. Was like I don't understand why he did his first bit to close on. I was like I think he wanted to rework it. I, I think he. He wanted to play with it and see if he could kind of figure out a different way about it. They was like, okay, that makes sense. It's like, I've just never heard anybody do that before. And I was like, yeah. And he was, you know, and we were going through and talking about it. And I was like, ain't that something that we had, you know, eight, nine musicians and the one person that we're all talking about and was Lee Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and it be it be in his first stand up. <laughs> I was like, we're not talking about what a great job some of these musicians did. We're just we're just talking about Lee Carl and his he's trying to work out his comedy. <laughs> yeah, man. I was just going with the flow. I was just getting my feet wet. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll try it. Yeah, that's what I was telling people. Is I was like, that was his first first time. I was like, imagine the balls, you know? I got a lot of respect for that. And uh, I really enjoyed the episode you did with Mary Ryan. And, like, just her getting back from Dallas. And I was like, man, somebody from Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been told that females can't be funny. So how is she doing this? So um, shout out to her. And just through that conversation, man, it was just a fun conversation. Like, rants about clothes. <laughs> and it, self-deprecating. And also true. And it's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's uh, she's very funny, yeah. very funny, very smart, and does very well. I've introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I've seen her one time in person, and then obviously I've watched a lot of her videos, and she has very good stage presence. Yeah. She owns it. She commands it. She's confident. You know, when she gets like just that was the first time when I went to Hattiesburg and do to do uh, open mic with her and have her on the podcast. That was the first time I'd ever been in a comedy setting, yeah. not a comedy. Sh I ain't never been to a comedy show. I ain't never been to an open mic comedy. So I didn't I didn't have anything to base base it off of. But I watched the yeah, other. I mean, mine's a songwriter, but you know, mine's a songwriter open mic. But I'm I'm open to having it. But, oh yeah, and I totally agree, dude. It had to feel like a fish out of water because it's not. When you go to a comedy open mic, everyone is there for comedy, and so right. it kind of sets the mood. If you're like at a just an open mic, I mean, probably you're going for music, or no, you know. And I'm, that's what I would like to build is maybe a half and half. Yeah, but I don't know. I would like to have an artist come and paint live whatever's going up on stage, dude. You kind of see their perspective, and then if somebody wanted to really enjoy that night, you could buy it from the artist, and the artist could make some money. And just making that open mic more of a, a live event, not only is like the local talent or friends coming in to run the open mic, because I love reaching out to, um, you know, my talented friends, maybe down from Jackson, is like, come up here and blow everybody's mind, and they just come up there play their three best songs and do it to the like best you've ever seen them and then just vanish and everybody's like what was that <laughs> <laughs> that's fun man like a, a, an open mic really has the potential to be like a cultural thing mm -hmm. in that town to where people really gravitate and i just continue to hope it it grows and people keep chattering you just get everybody, uh, get as many people as you possibly can bought in and yeah, have the reputation or build the brand that you want all types of art mm -hmm. and everybody's welcome. And I think, it, you know, I think you can get to a point where you have that cultural mixture. Yeah. What about that comedy club when you went? Like, I know some of them might. She pay a cover to go see it. So it was at Southern Prohibition in Hattiesburg, uh -huh. the brewery, and they do it every Thursday. And they have a room, a, like a side room, where they set up the mic and it's quaint, you know, lamps and stuff. And they just have a mic at the front, and people sign up on a sheet of paper, and you know, they go down through there, calling people's names out, and so. When I went, they had Mary Ryan there and then a lot of other regulars that come pretty regular. And then they had one guy who was traveling throughout the country. I think he was from Kentucky. And he did like 20 minutes. Apparently, he's 
an upper tier comedian. Yeah. I, I, his name escapes me. I apologize, dude. Um, but so watching he and Mary Ryan perform, it was noticeable that they were on another level than everybody else in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another thing about the open mics, man. It's like you can, there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. And I think comedy is one of those arts to where you can tell, like, it's all, I like boxing and I like going to boxing events. And, but amateur boxing is a whole lot different than professional. It's harder to watch. It's, it doesn't look good. It, it's not good TV. It's not, it's not good in person. But every now and then you'll see somebody that's just got that dog in them. And then they are up against somebody who who thinks they got it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a show right there. It's, you know, it's one of those 17 seconds in the first round. This dude just unloaded. And I was like, yeah, dude, 17 seconds of hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch Bud Crawford last night? I did not, dude. I want to go back and uh, check it out. I was uh, helping out at Monson's last night. I didn't, I didn't watch any TV. I didn't watch it either, but I saw I saw Boosie's reaction to it. Apparently, Bud Crawford listened to Boosie before he went out for the fight <laughs> and walked it, walked out to Boosie. Hey, was the song? I don't know what the song was. It had to be set it off. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's got a lot of good ones, man. He's got a lot of good ones. He's got a lot of good ones that would be fun to walk out to. Dang. That's that's another thing, cultural, man. I remember uh, playing baseball, and you get to high school. I think they started implementing this around the time that we were coming up. But they would play your, uh, your walk-in song to when you're about to step up to the plate. Yep. Man, talk about 15 seconds of getting crunk. I had some dumbass walk-up songs. That's a, You have an opportunity for that, though. And that's... That's committing to a bit, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Dude, <laughs> what? So, let me tell you this story. Let me like, tell you this story. I'm a Barbie girl. <laughs> so, whenever uh, whenever we were in high school, there were, you know, you, you, we were still making CDs. We were still oh, making yeah. CDs for CDs, the, the walkout song. And so, you know, there was the piece of paper that you had with everybody's in, in the order of the lineup with everybody's name, and then it had the song out there beside it. And then somebody take it home, take that playlist in that chronological order, make a CD with the walkout songs on it, and they take it out to the park, and then we play it, right? Uh-huh. So, one of these gentlemen, unfortunate gentleman that was on our team, he gave he gave them a song. <laughs> And they deleted that song, and they, this is when Justin Bieber was big. And it was, they said, "Justin Bieber, baby, baby, baby." Oh, you had to do a little jig when you step up there. You got to shake your ass a little bit. No, dude, he got he got pink as a pig. Oh man, that's just one of those rare moments. Like you have to be in the mo- that is that's stupid, embarrassing. Ooh, but man, what if he leaned into it? Oh, he could have made it just work. Use that bat as a microphone, step in there, kick some dust around, and, and just hit ma- bombs. Yeah. What if he hit a dinger? He very rarely did that. Yeah. <laughs> what if he got a good ground ball? That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be good. I had Jamie Johnson 
uh, what was the song? One, of, uh, it was a Jamie Johnson song. One year, he's a good songwriter. Very good songwriter, and he's got a couple of good albums. But like his tributes to Hank Cochran and Hank Snow, like I appreciate that he reveres those people, mm-hmm. but they're hard to listen to. Just it's just hard to listen to for me. But like his In Color album and everything before that, like that Lonesome song, uh, the the Black and White album. That's the last one. It came out in 2011. Everything he's come out with since 2011. I respect it, and I appreciate that he's doing what he wants to but it, do. But it ain't you. But it just don't land on my musical palette very well. Yeah, I've I've had several bands and songwriters that that happened for me, and sometimes it's sobriety for them, like they sobered up. Yeah. Or maybe it's that uh, I've kind of come up with, so to speak, with some songwriters, like we were in the same part of our life. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they were married and they have kids, and now you know being a dad or a mother, and being a husband or a wife is really what they can sing about because that's what they are. They're mm-hmm. they're no longer on the side of life that I'm in, mm-hmm. and so still respect the craft, but I'll have to meet you there later. Right. So I mean, it's very interesting, especially like I mean, take it over to hip hop. Uh, some people really stay true uh, to what they you know blew up for and carried on and then some people really transcend um it happens a lot with <laughs> musicians in every genre and then uh there's people who's like man he he just left me like he don't talk about what he talks that talks about no more you know and a lot of people get really upset about that too it's like two sides of a coin and why the hell did we ever get mad at Nickelback? Why does everybody hate Nickelback? What happened with that? I think it's because of their fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think, that, I think like, the fans did it to them. Dude. So it's just awful fans, but uh, the music's good, but damn, your fans suck. I think and so. And so like, people would culturally shame you for liking that band. Yeah. Man, that sucks. I mean, I never listened to a whole lot of Nickelback other than, I just want to be a big rock star. Oh, yeah, dude. Isn't that Nickelback? That's, yeah. That's and uh, there's some more. There's like three or four others. Yeah, they got photographed. That became a meme. <laughs> Is the internet not great? Yeah, dude. There's just bits and pieces of it. And you can tell when you get to talking to somebody who kind of lives in the internet. Or as I would say, like, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make, a, like, an internet reference. That's crazy. Like, internet has its own culture. Mm-hmm. And you you can be so up to date with what was hot on Twitter. And, like, you can really connect with somebody. It's like y'all read the same. Mm-hmm. Y'all saw the same memes. And, like, you see how everybody's cl- clowning. And I think that's what's funny about some comedians. Like, when I'm watching, like, uh, I've really been into, like, uh, comedy Twitter. And seeing like the up and coming, up and coming mm-hmm. comics who I would say like are mid tier, like they're very close to setting it off to where they're probably going to sell out a stadium or an arena, and they're going to have a Netflix special. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's just like the kind of comedy I like. I like dark humor. I, I like here lately. Like one of my favorite comics from Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, is uh, Tim Butterly. Mm-hmm. Is that the one, the gentleman you had on your podcast? I, I had his co-host. I had uh, Michael Rainey. And I really love his comedy, too. And it's just right down my alley. 
it's 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 real dark it's and it's there's no rules man like they gonna say some effed up stuff ain't ain't no getting around it so when you go see it be ready be forewarned yeah they're gonna start letting the retard word fly (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with it i'm with it especially like when i get called retarded like it's I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. Yep. No rules here. <laughs> now I don't have to pretend. <laughs> right. Right. I don't. I don't understand uh, a lot of why a lot of people get mad about a lot of different words. Like words can be used in different contexts to describe different nuances. Mm-hmm. There can be humor involved. I mean, just because a particular word comes out of somebody's mouth does not mean that they mean it in a derogatory way every single time it comes out of their mouth. Dude, I, I hate when people get, like, teed off on that, dude. I really do. It's like these banned words. We're getting up, talking about wanting to ban songs and ban books. It's like, man, we ban words. There's words we can't even say anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, you can't call something gay now without offending people. Right. It's like, dude, I don't mean it, like, in a bad way. It's just... I don't know. Do you remember 2004 when everything was gay? <laughs> and I was like, I, I never left. <laughs> like, you see something kind of wild, it's like, man, that's gay. Yep. But it's derogative because you're kind of saying you don't want no part of it. I guess that's the offense. No, I, I think it's just somebody getting finding, hurt. Yes, finding something to bitch about. Yeah. The Karens of the world. That's funny. They're trying to figure out. Uh, did they figure out the male version of it? Are they gonna call it Keith? I don't know. Is, Are, there a, is what's the what's the monster guy? His name's Kyle, right? I, I the kid that drink, that's the meme for that. Don't be a cow, and it's just like an image of a guy. Like Kyle could be it. Chad could be Chad. It. There ain't a whole lot of cool Chads. <sighs> yeah. Not saying there aren't any, but there ain't a bunch of cool Chads. I don't know, but a handful, and. uh chad's total mm-hmm. maybe maybe four i'm gonna say i was blessed in that department because i'm gonna say like they batting 75 percent on being cool okay so now they're sitting they around say, looking at one another like which one of us is it yeah am i the chad yeah you just have to have to figure it out for yourself <laughs> full name drop in three times <laughs> oh that's bad put somebody on blast <laughs> All out on Front Street. Mm-mm-mm. Dude, uh, so, like, tell me a little bit about, like, the progression of the show. Like, uh, when did, I mean, you, you're going all in, man. We, I'm sitting in a stinking studio now. And I remember being at this table in the next room over and really enjoying myself. But now, like, I mean, you've kind of turned the corner. Like, the equipment, uh, huge upgrades there, huge upgrades on just the approach man you killing it with the interviews man great interviewer like uh some people like i like it when they just go by themselves and when they interview somebody i'm like man i just this ain't it like some people i guess some some got it and some don't but uh i guess it's the gift of gab man but you always do a good job of goofing off for a little while and just get kind of getting off on the weeds like throwing in like uh favorite fast food or whatever else it's like yeah that's something that's relatable like it kind of brings it back down then you can kind of tone it back up so man where does that come from how'd you pick up on that just feeling it out just i mean i like to think that i have a 
an ability to read people and read conversations and situations and read the room, for lack of a better word. That EQ. Yeah, and so that's what I would attribute that to, is just leaning on that characteristic. Yeah. That's uh, that the last episode that I did, man. There were there were several moments when the, my guest was close to tears, and so I would like kind of back off. Mm. But it was the first time that she had been interviewed about the subject, and she had just opened up about her art and where it comes from, like the inspiration of it, and it comes from mental illness. And so the things that she depicts are some of the things that came through her head, not that she would act on it. And it's kind of like it's a kind of a horror art to where it's uh, it's body, it's being being harmful to your own body. You mm-hmm. know? And she was opening up about that, and like a lot of times it was, let's back off that for a second. All right, let's go back in. You know, because um, man, sometimes the uh, it can get heavy. Yeah, and what I found is having conversations with people, especially long conversations, you know, hour plus, Mm -hmm. people don't do that very often, and especially in person. And so people tend to open up to you over time because they become comfortable with you and the flow of the conversation. And so they will get in their feelings because maybe they haven't talked about a certain topic at such depth before or in a while with somebody. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I wonder, because I was trying to crack the code on, like I was almost about to put an age limit on like coming on the show. Because I'll have young people reach out and they want to be on the show. Like, like how young? Like 25 and under. Why won't you have them on? I have. Oh. But the the thing about it, and not all, some some excel and but i think it's what you just said and i think that's cracking the code at first like i thought well maybe it's just life experience maybe they just haven't been around the block time or two to really kind of develop their story or maybe 15 minutes is is all there is and there's nothing wrong with that Mm. but i think it's like kind of what you've just expressed with that idea is maybe they've just never really had that long of a conversation because who in the hell doesn't have adhd now Mm mm-hmm or says they don't, or whatever. Right. It's like, hell, maybe you do. I don't know, but, man, patience and your concentration and just being in the moment is something that you have to practice. Absolutely. And I just think, like, a lot of people just never really practice it. They spend a lot of time by themselves on their phones. Yeah, and I would argue that very few people actually spend a significant amount of time alone. That might be something to it as well. Man, the uh, Knoxville County Refuge is just south of Starkville, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad drive. So a lot of days, if I had a particularly bad day at work, and if I don't have anything planned that evening, sometimes I'll break my plans. I'll go out there to the refuge and just park and just take a walk. And, uh, man, ain't nobody around. It's, you know, it's the trails through just beautiful forestry. And it's just good to just get your thoughts out right there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe you got you a rock you like to get up on and just yell out. Or <laughs> maybe there's a particular tree you like to yell at. Or, hell, whatever it is. What was it on? Uh, 
Oh, my God. What was that movie with uh, Adam Sandberg? Oh, dude, where he's a stunt. He's a stunt man. Man, you got the wrong person because I am not what do. I don't do very well with movies. I hadn't seen a whole lot of them. Oh, my God, dude. This is like a top tier. I cannot. But anyway, his thing when he needed to be alone, he's like, I need to go to my private place. And he's slam dancing in the forest. And it was just like one of the funniest scenes in that whole movie to me. And it's just, that's funny but I, I mean i think a lot of people really do need that kind of shit you know just to go be alone and wild out whatever whatever it takes yeah you know i mean if reasonably speaking our chad or kyle going back to those guys not to not to bust your ass but maybe punch a hole in some drywall <laughs> <laughs> definitely that's definitely a white man thing yeah man posters are the very best you know you go over to a guy's place he's got a lot of art on the wall Take some of it off and see if see if he's got some anger issues. He just bought some cover instead of fixing it. <laughs> That's just never been an impulse that I've had. I've done it twice. Punched a hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Both both times was uh, absolutely shit hammered. Uh, imagine that. Yeah. Uh, but like sober, uh, a little bit more reasonable. Uh, I B and E'd uh, several doors, but uh, sober, and just because we had to, it wasn't like a troop breaking in her, and it was like, I've, I'm about to, I, there ain't no other key, there ain't no other way, I'll just replace the, <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to bust this damn door. <laughs> Dude, that's a, that's a bad spot to be in. Yeah, I ain't calling the locksmith. God, dog, I hate those days, man. It's losing the key, man. Ain't nothing worse than losing the key. I lost my keys. I thought I had locked my keys in my Jeep one night, and I was drunk, and I didn't have a spare. I was also locked out of my house. That's the worst. I got a boulder rock, and I busted the damn window in my Jeep. Tried to. And something something happened. Somehow or another, I found the key to my one or the other the car or the uh house oh thank you lord yeah but dude i tried to bust it like twice and after i did it twice i was like i threw that thing pretty hard maybe i should just rethink my my approach here Mm. and i don't remember how it resolved itself but nevertheless i didn't have to bust the window out of my jeep that is satisfying man and this is cultural because like uh a lot of the comedy podcasts i listen to it comes up a lot and I did it, too, as a kid. Like, there's this old, unused building in your area with just a ton of windows. And nobody really says shit. But there's really nothing more satisfying than just throwing a couple rocks at those windows. Definitely. I don't know what it is. And it's, it's a dude thing. I used to love busting out windows. It's, I love have you ever shot out a window? Yes, I have. That's pretty satisfying, too. Yeah. That's, that's top tier. Shooting a glass bottle. Shooting Tannerite. Tannerite, very satisfying. Always fun. Yeah. Blowing up a beaver dam. We used to go out to Kemper County and get Tannerite and drink a bunch of beer and go blow shit up. Yeah, dude. That's cooking. That's fun. <laughs> that's that's just one of those days with the boys. That's uh, A lot of people will comment down and we'll, we'll start doing the, maybe a six-pack and a game of golf. But, like, that is – that's top tier. <laughs> that makes – y'all, yes. y'all are going out. There's a possibility that somebody could get injured. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it's going to be fun. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, I think about, like, some of the spring break trips I used to take and just some of the wild shit we were doing. 
broke up some wild shit one time, dude. We were partying in this one room, and like with some of these resorts that we were at, this was at the Sandpiper Beacon. I think this was my senior trip. This was wild as shit, dude. We were partying in this one room. Well, the connecting room over, we're playing beer pong, listening to Lil Wayne. That was that was what was hot at that time. Lil it's Wayne, still hot. Lil Wayne and Eminem. Oh, Eminem. Red hot. And uh, Dropped the world on its fucking head. Yep. And was listening to that, playing beer pong, laughing, carrying on. Dude, and I walked to the bathroom, which was close to that adjacent door. And I just heard like a chick in distress. And I was like, hold up. And I put my ear to the door, and I was like, she's getting raped. And so I go get the homies, and I was like, dude, I'm about to put a sh- This is another one of those uh, breaking down the door instances. Uh, I'm about to put a shoulder in this door, and we're about to whoop somebody's ass. And busted that door, and I, was, I happened to be right. And uh, thank God he was having a hard time, like, with her she was feisty to where he hadn't done no damage but buddy he was close did y'all kick his ass his his ass ran how'd he get away he went out the other door the door that led to the hall so did you ever see him again not uh, he disappeared after that so whether he was staying there or not he didn't venture out because he knew he was going to get his ass whooped. Ain't that something that just universally will just piss a dude off? Like, harming a child or taking advantage of a woman in that nature is like, do not do that. That's, that is, that's, it's just a sin against humanity. Mm-hmm. I think universally, it's not even like a Christian virtue. Like, I think it transcends religion. That is just, oh, it's, just it's just wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Wild shit. I ain't never told that story on here before, dude. It's wild how we got there. Damn, dude. <laughs> that was a wild-ass time. I don't even know how that came to mind. Oh, we're talking about breaking windows. Breaking, breaking windows and breaking doors. Yeah, and then wild trips. That's how we got there. Boy, that was chasing a damn rabbit right there, buddy. Wow. She was making sounds of struggle. That's how you heard yeah. her? Like, she was, you know, being very... No, 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 no. You know, very vocal on that. I'm not going to... Like, it's like a... You know what they say about you hear a panther in the woods? It sounds like a woman being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it was, it was that cry. Mm. I was like, hey, this ain't right. And what if I was just an asshole and just walked back, made some jokes with the party, and didn't do anything? And yep. that could permanently have fucked her life up. Yes, it could have. Would have. Like, think about And that I think that's the one thing that kind of leads to a lot of people's issues in their adult life is sexual abuse at a young age i have found abuse sexual verbal physical abuse to be much more common than i recognized some of my favorite singer songwriters like uh do you know the band all that remains uh uh-uh. well the front man phil Abonte, he was sexually abused as a, as a young child mm. and like that's kind of it's metal music it's heavy and I typically don't get into that genre, but, like, there was something about his lyrics. And then when he opened up about that, I was like, holy shit, that's why that, that's why that river runs so deep. You know what I mean? And that's dealing with it positive to, positively. Right. Uh, a lot of pe- people's impulse, for some reason, is to return the favor to somebody else down the way. That's what keeps the cycle going, largely. 
And one of the hardest things to do is break a chain. And I would argue that Jesus Christ is the only way to break a chain. With whether it comes to addiction or abuse or anything that affects a person on that level, I think it's we're metaphysical beings, like we live in reality, but also there's a spiritual, there's a soul. And I think sexual abuse and any stolen innocence is that's a stain on a soul mm-hmm. that's a deep that's a deep wound and it takes a physician and there ain't but one physician that can heal that that i found that i know about well i think you're definitely on to something when you say that jesus is the only answer i don't i don't agree with that but i agree with what jesus represents as Mm -hmm. long as somebody can find something to hold as much value in their eyes as you hold jesus in yours sure then that can bring someone to the surface as well absolutely like aa aa is Mm -hmm. about a higher power that the dude who invented aa was supposedly on psychedelics when he come up with aa i don't doubt it I don't doubt it. So, and maybe, like, you know, what do a lot of people report when they take psychedelics? That they go to some higher plane to where they're with other beings and maybe maybe come in contact with that. You know, like you said, it may be Jesus for me, but... It could be something Allah. Else. It could be, mm-hmm. you know... Maybe it's just the universe. Buddha. It could be just the universe. It could be whatever. Right? Whatever. It could be running. Yeah. It yeah. could be exercise. A lot of people, yeah. And that, that was something else. Like, strange. I wish I was addicted to it. But uh, people get, like, addicted to fitness. It feels good. I think you get the same dopamine release as you do, such as a like on a social media. I think it's similar. I think it's similar. It's, it, it definitely does something to the brain. It changes my mood. Like, it, it didn't when I was younger. Um, but as I've gotten older, I can really identify the benefits and recognize the benefits of exercising like i'll feel like dog shit at 4 30 in the afternoon and just sluggish and you know just a negative nancy to a certain extent mm. and then if i just go exercise and i just sweat my balls off and then cool off and have some water i'm straight i think that's just getting it out I, I agree a big part of that is just being able to not man that's a good principle to live by is like don't ever I think it was Oasis that um, don't look back in anger that was the name of the song that they wrote but uh, a lot, I've heard it said don't go to bed mad like you need to deal with whatever happened that day you need to deal with it that day else you're going to have some hatred, envy, strife jealousy mm-hmm. build up in your heart and the longer you let it go the longer it festers and the harder and especially if somebody did that to you or maybe, man, and all you got to do is talk about it, and oftentimes they didn't even mean it that way. But the longer you fester and think about it, the more pissed off you get to a point to where you don't even want to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. It's a bad place to be. It's very heavy to carry a grudge. Yeah. It's a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. And it's, Especially when the other person probably ain't even aware. Right. And and largely, like you said, the the disagreement is probably over some dumb shit. Over some dumb shit and miscommunication, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, I find that 
most arguments or disagreements, most, I'd say. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah, it's just somebody interpreted something the wrong way or. Uh-huh. And then people start shouting at one another and then, you know, no no civil discourse is had. Nobody gets anywhere and it's a shit show. Yeah. I agree with that. That's that's 99%. 99% of our good human beings. <laughs> Ish. Ooh. Where are we at on time? We are at 108. Can we uh, take a break? Absolutely. All right. Just in case, I will probably just start a brand new episode. That's fine with me. Uh, so uh, we'll see y'all. Thank y'all. Subscribe and rate and review the show. Check out the coming line. Appreciate you having me. We'll do this again. Yeah. In about five minutes. Cool. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.